Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr. Always looking forward to share my opinion. We review podcasts and look for clues to why some make it big. Well, and some don't make it at all. This week, we'll be reviewing Mini Questions with Mini Driver, Tony Blair. This podcast is sponsored by Collab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. Michael, it's rhubarb season. Apparently, who knew? I know. Can you believe that Minnie started her episode with Tony Blair talking about rhubarb? Really, if you don't believe me, let's listen to the clip. I've got Minnie. This is the first time we hear Minnie on the episode and Tony's response. It's rhubarb season right now. It is. We've got some in the garden here. So, so Michael, we talk a lot about um, the hook at the beginning of an episode, you got to get everybody intrigued and you know ready to listen, looking forward to what's coming up. Why would Minnie start with it's rhubarb season? I mean, I like rhubarb and I have fond memories of my mother making mm-hmm. you know strawberry rhubarb pie on the farm growing up. But rhubarb, really? Well, I, I think if you're going to interview Tony Blair, um, you know, perhaps this particular guest um, would maybe what frighten off some of her typical audience thinking, oh, it's a you know, stuffy politician from the UK. Um, this may not interest me. And so um, I think she tried to kick off with something that was as lighthearted as she could possibly come up with um, so that people would go, oh, all right. He's not, you know, he's not so bad. I'll listen to this. And uh I would say that worked, um, but I thought it was good lead-in. I, I, I think if you went with something that was really political or, you know, dry, that 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 would scare people off. So, this this was a good move on her part. I liked it. Okay, you were more generous than me. For for me, I was kind of like, what what are we talking about, right? And I'm thinking of it from the perspective of if this is the first episode you ever listened to, um, of her podcast. Would you be thrown off going, why, you know, if Tony Blair's on this thing, why are we talking about rhubarb? But I like your answer. <laughs> it's good. So, um, okay, we'll go with that. Uh, I did also check a couple of her other ones that I had listened to, the Anna Ferris one and the Justin Long, to see how she starts theirs. And it was not consistent, actually. Um, with the Justin Long one, she did seem to kind of like, pick up in the middle of a conversation with Anna Ferris. She actually did a little clip of Anna talking in what I would consider a more traditional way of leading into a podcast and, um, you know, giving a a hook as we call it. So uh, yeah, apparently this is variable in her format of how she starts her episodes off, which is okay. You know, (laughs) I think she's quite strong. I mean, I I think she's, I think what her her real skill is is obviously her ability to talk to a wide range of people, um, and and change the way she she interacts with them. So, 
you know, obviously with Tony Blair, she was more reserved. She, um, you know, didn't use any salty language. Um, whereas with the other actor and actress, you know, you could see that she was very much playing up at, you know, herself as a, you know, a fellow actor, very casual. Um, so I, I, you know, I give her some credit. I think she was able to adjust for the guest in this case. And we obviously listened to two or three of these. Um, I, I like this one a lot more. I got more out of it than the, um, the ones where she just spoke to uh, a couple of the actors um, where I found them to be less interesting. Now, maybe that's just me. You know, I found, you know, obviously Tony Blair is a, you know, a, a famous political figure. I, I don't want to say that he was more intelligent because um, I don't think that's fair. I think both Anna Ferris and, and Justin Long, um, you know, are, are sharp people. Um, but obviously, Tony Blair has, um, you know, a vast wider range of experience than the other two, obviously, on global affairs. And maybe that's what made it interesting for me, because I was a little bit worried. Obviously, we, we talked about this. Hey, let's do this. Uh, you know, we'll do Mini Driver. And I listened to the first two and I said, well, you know, it's going nowhere. Right. And then I, I listened to Tony Blair. I said, all right, it's, it's better. I mean, I. I uh... Yeah, I do think that it's a it is an interesting series. I. I love the format because she she kind of breaks the rules from from our perspective, right? We're all about questions and the kind of creativity and thoughtful, insightful questions that drive the conversation and the ability to um, you know prepare and you know research whatever so that you can ask great questions as follow up. But in this format, she does something say somewhat unusual in that she has the same set of seven questions that are used for all of her interviews, right? And it's this, well, it's based on the, the Proust questionnaire, um, or as she says, Proust. What do, you, what do you think? Is that a British thing or European? Is she just trying to sound smart? I'm assuming Proust is correct. <laughs> You're assuming she's Back correct you, and I'm uh, wrong. You say it in the proper French uh, pronunciation. Okay. All right, so so I'm just wrong. P R O U S T is not proud. I, I okay. It's close to me, but I'm sure she has researched this, so I'm not going to question it. Okay. All right. You you really taking her side on all of this? I'm taking all her right. side. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I uh, I, uh, I watched. Okay. I, she I lost like... me there on the on the on a couple, but I she's come she's come back. <laughs> I do like Mini Driver. I'll admit. Well, I've liked her in her movies and stuff too, but I, uh, I have enjoyed the episodes I've listened to of her podcast as well. All right, so I'm going to run down through the, the seven questions. So there's actually, I think, 35 questions in the full Proust questionnaire, but she's got seven that she's kind of fashioned, if you will, modified for her, her purposes here in this podcast series. So they are, when and where were you happiest? What is the quality you least like about yourself? What relationship, real or fictionalized, defines love for you? What question would you most like answered? What person, place, or experience has shaped you the most? What would be your last meal? And can you tell me something in your life that's grown out of a personal disaster? So she also leads each episode with an explanation of the fact that she's using this Proust questionnaire and these seven questions. So she 
starts out each one with an intro and she lists the seven questions out. So I, I kind of like this. It's fascinating. It's interesting. I also noted, right, she describes this as a, um, a cultural anthology, her purpose for doing this, right? Um, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but her partner, as they describe him, he's an anthologist. <laughs> so I don't think it's a coincidence that she chose to do this series as a cultural anthology when her partner is an anthologist. Yeah, well, we like, you know, we obviously like themes. So we, you know what you're going to get, right? So she's going to answer the same questions and we like preparation. So, um, you know, she's, she's obviously prepared. Her preparation obviously is the seven questions that she's going to ask. She does mix them up. So she doesn't necessarily, um, you know, ask them in order. So I think she, she listens to the conversation and decides whether I should move one up or down. That's fine. Um, and the, you know, the, it's interesting that she, you're right. She mentioned, or you mentioned that she did adapt them. So none of the questions that she asks are actually part of the original Proust 35 questions, certainly not the ones that Vanity Fair lists. So, and some are not even on there. I mean, the last meal she completely made up. What question do you want? You know, do you most want answered? You know, she made that one up. So this is really an adaptation, I think, of questions that she thinks, um, you know, are, have the most opportunity or chance um, of, of, you know, getting stimulating um, responses to her questions. And I think it follows very much of, of what we believe, right? There's, you've got to be, you've got to plan ahead. You've got to have a theme um, and she, and she executes it. So in that, in that sense, I think it's, it's really quite successful. She's, she's softly spoken. She's sharp. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that assessment. I was um, very impressed during her interview with Tony Blair in her knowledge and her use of the English language, if you will. She yeah. clearly has a large vocabulary and um, is very comfortable in it. She's yeah. very fluent in her ability to communicate. And I love her kind of sensitivity, if you will, right? That she listens really well and is able to dig deeper on a lot of these things. So she's asking some pretty intimate questions, right? It's the whole point of the, uh, the Proust questionnaire is to ask intimate questions. So you really learn about uh, this person you're, you're talking to. But I think she does a really good job with, with follow-up questions. Would you agree? So I agree. Yeah. And I, if you, so if you go back to the one question where she asked what, um, what kind of relationship defines love and, and, you know, I thought Tony Blair did a very good job on this one. Um, he obviously started down the, the initial path and said, well, I think it's the parent-child relationship. And then he said, you know, but I've also been exposed to some astounding aspect scenarios of, of relationships that define love. And he talked about HIV, um, children with HIV um, being taken care of by nuns in Africa. And they went on a pretty intimate conversation about selfless love. And Minnie was able to provide context and um, value in that particular discussion. And, and so you're right. She's able to take, you know, something that was obviously quite um, sensitive and, um, and succeed in that area. And then she was also familiar with old British politicians and um, that seemed to work really well. She, she made Tony Blair come across as, you know, very human and very down to earth, you know, despite being an Oxford educated, you know, former PM. I came away liking Tony Blair um, as a man. And um, I think if you can do that as a podcaster, um, you know, you've succeeded. 
Yeah, and I didn't think she avoided completely the talk about his political career and you know what it meant to be PM and the uh, the pressure on him and and to some degree the risk <laughs> that he took there and um, you know there was a, a whole thing around happiness too right in here and I, I thought they hit a good chord if you will around you know happiness kind of in the moment versus um, right. you know, over any, a period of time over a yeah. period of time right and uh, and him acknowledging that getting to prime minister was was happy being prime minister was not so happy right that this was hard and you had to make hard decisions that were not going to be popular and so that was very difficult yeah i, I thought that part of the dialogue was also um pretty i agree insightful. i like that yeah i like that part of the dialogue um as well i i think so he, he honed in on this sort of part of your life where, you know, you're in your early 30s, um, he'd accomplished some success politically, but he was clearly, you know, he had no aspirations for, for being the prime minister. Um, and yet that it was that optimism sort of that he saw. You know, I think when I look back at my life, I would say um, the times that I was happiness or happiness were the ones where I felt I was in the right place at the right time. And I think for him, it was, yeah, I was, in my early 30s, we were starting a family. I was married. I was, you know, on a political path. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed that. I think that made him feel, again, it made him come across quite, you know, human, um, as opposed to, again, zoning in on, um, you know, the real highs of, of, of political success. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, shift gears a little bit. One of the things we always comment about when we review a podcast is the production quality. So yes. um, what are your thoughts on, on this one? How, how well was this uh, podcast and, and the series itself kind of pulled off in terms of production quality? So she's got seven questions and she tries to transition from one to the next. And the way she does it is she plays her music um, as she's reading the, the question to the to the guest. And that works very effectively. So you now know, oh, I'm moving from one question to the other. I really liked that. That I thought was really, you know, I mean, I think if you're, if you're going to go down this route of where you really are, have rigid questions and you, you, and the people know it, the listeners know it. And you, they, you know, you, you're saying, okay, I'm moving on to the next one. How do you make yeah. that transition? And the music was, um, you know, really, really effective in that. A lot of ads in this uh, podcast um, that I kind of just, you know, zoomed through. I, I don't I don't think it really detracted. She's very soft spoken. And I think that comes across, um, you know, really well. I like it. It was a, it was a really pleasant podcast to listen to, you know, to the ear, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I liked the that musical kind of cue that I'm going to ask one of the seven questions here. In a couple cases, though, I actually wished that she had a couple of seconds of music before she started asking the question. Maybe I was drifting a little bit or I was still thinking about the, the previous answer, but it seemed to almost go too quickly. And I realized, right. oh, she just asked a question. That's one of the questions. And I kind of missed it. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, just a minor, minor tweak I would do. I would add a couple of seconds or a right. louder um start to the music or something that just really triggers your attention to go listen now we're going to do a question 
on the advertising thing, I agree with you. It's a kind of a standard format. We just have to have these uh, these uh, advertisements. The thing that annoyed me was the repetitive ones, and I have nothing against discovertheforest.org. I'm sure it's a wonderful cause and, and, and a lovely organization and good work that they're doing. But more than once, I had the same 15-second ad run back to back. So just identical ads um, right. I heard. You're right. And, it, it was... It, I yeah. don't think it was identical, but it was it was the same advertiser. It was a little bit different. Um, yeah, maybe you it was make a val- you make a valid point. I I was hit with this ad, and then you're going to give it to me again in a little bit of a different format. And you know, I obviously listen to the ads because I I'm interested in you know what kind of ads people put on their podcasts, uh, how long they go for. Um, so yeah. I I do tend to listen to them, but if I watch the you know if I listen more than once, I'm trucking through. Yeah, and my guess is that this is beyond Minnie's control, right? That this is something that is part of the sure. system, I mean, this is the platform, I, right? I agree. Yes. I agree. They, they plug these in and she doesn't control which ones appear. Um, there's a window, right? So um, in her case, it's about a 30 to 40 minute podcast. So you usually get um, a set at the beginning, a set in the middle and another set at the end. Um, a total of about 60 seconds. And again, it depends. Some of them are 15 second ones. I think some of them are 30 second ones, but usually a total of about 60 seconds when they when they run. And I can live with a 60 second batch of advertisements. All right, let's talk about title. We've often talked about you know creative titles and titles that really catch our attention and make us wanna tee up that episode to listen to on hers. Kind of like her hook, <laughs> not really being a hook. Um, her titles are just simply the name of the guest. Did You're you right. really get away um, with that? Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about this actually before you asked the question. So you're uh, you're going to put me a bit on the spot here, but um, Good. I I think we want people to be hooked in by the uh, by the the title of the of the podcast. But um, in, in this case, boy, I feel it's okay. This is all about Mini Driver and asking these seven questions, and um, you better like the guest. It's it's not about you know a specific um, hook that's going to get you from the from the catchy title, and um, in that case, I, I feel it's okay. Can I do better than Tony Blair? I, I don't know if I can. Right. I I have to agree with you in this I'm, case. I'm thinking no. Yeah. Um, so um, because she can get top notch people on, and she's and you know the format. Um, maybe this is the right route. Um, it may, it, it's probably wrong for most people, but if you've got a set format where you're going to ask seven questions and it's going to be to a specific person, I want to know who you're going to ask the questions to. That's the title. Um, in this case, I think it's the right way to go. Yeah. So it's so interesting for me because I, I think about our kind of criteria and the way we score, if you will, these podcasts that we're reviewing. So her hook was pretty lame, her title's pretty lame, and she asked the same questions every episode. So it's almost like she breaks three of our principal rules of what we wouldn't recommend people do if they're gonna have a podcast, but you know what? I love her podcast, (laughs) right? Just goes to show you that it doesn't, you know, there's no hard and fast rules here, no one way to do this. 
you can make it work. Um, and I agree though, her titles only work because of name recognition, right? Yeah. If, if this was Eric Byron in the title, you know, right. so skip that episode. I don't know who that dude is, right? The fact that it's Tony Blair. And don't get me wrong. I didn't know. I didn't know all those people. So there were people on that list that I didn't know. You know, if you told oh, me, yeah. if you, if you said former UK PM Tony Blair, you know, maybe that would have got more hits, right? No, I yeah. agree. And now that's right. a debate. But I think right? if you, you go back, yeah. Do you put actor um, and the name, or comedian and the name? Yeah. Um, let's say former prime minister and the name. Maybe that. Maybe that helps just a little bit, and uh, otherwise it's just a name. And if you know the name, that's that's great. Okay. You know, you say you say it didn't. You know that she, you know, she doesn't tick all the boxes as far as what we think makes a successful podcast. But, uh, you know, I think again we we are all about theme, and in this case, she's got one. You know, she consistently has these seven questions, and I'm going to ask celebrities. And you know, you can go with that. You can ask those same questions for years on end and you know you're not going to run out of people and she knows exactly what she's trying to do and you know it's the the preparation is not substantial this is what is going to make a long-term successful podcast right because you know you can pull it off i know what i'm i know what i have to do and i just have to line people up and i've got enough of a career and i have enough of a, of a name that you know a-list celebrities are going to show up on my podcast and answer my questions and they're not the questions are intimate but they're not intimate enough where people would say oh you know i don't want to answer them you know you don't you don't want to talk about your seven marriages or you know whatever don't do it right yeah well and i think uh, the way she does this also is she asks them all all seven questions but she doesn't include all seven answers or in, maybe some of them just say yeah i don't want to answer that one Right. But like in the Tony Blair one, um, she hit four of the seven that we heard him answer. Right. Uh, when were you the happiest? What's the quality you like least about yourself? What person, place or experience um, has shaped you the most? And actually, she altered that one for him. Uh, and then can you tell me something in your life that's grown out of personal disaster? And the, the one about um, person, place or experience, um, she altered that one. Uh, she specifically asked what person, place, or experience most altered your life. So, right. well, um, she did ask yeah. the relationship. She asked what relationship defines love for you. He answered that. So, yeah. So, this is um, again, I, I like it because it gives her that flexibility too. So, she doesn't have to present all seven questions and all seven answers. The guest can help decide which ones, you know, really work, or maybe they answer them all and she edits out some of it. Um, and decides, yeah, that just really didn't work, didn't help, didn't add value. So, um, so that's all good. It's uh, it, it is a good a good format. I do yeah, want to give it's her, for her to pull, yeah. I mean, I think it's easier for her to pull off, right? She can do it once, uh, whatever she does, once once or twice a week or a couple times a week uh, without much prep, and uh, and away she goes. And I think that's what can make a winner over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to give her a shout out too for you know her talent because she's not just an actress who's been in 45 movies. Even I was surprised by that when I Googled her that she'd been in 45 wow. movies. But she also wrote the music for this, right? So it's actually an original song called Sorry Baby 
that she recorded in 2007. Now it never, you know, topped the charts or anything, but but she's talented and she uses an acoustic version of that for the background music, um, both the beginning and the end and her little, um, as we commented, when she plays some music in the background to indicate that she's going to ask another question. So uh, it's from her own original song that she recorded in 2007. I like Minnie. Yeah, I agree. So it's worth a listen and, uh, you know, I. I think this can go on for uh, for quite a while. I hope it does. And uh, I know it's been a while, I think, since she did the last one, but uh, I hope she picks it up again. Yeah, I think the only constraint is going to be finding the guests, right? right? How many famous people does she know? And and how many people are doing podcasts that she can do a trade with, right? So this was one of the things, right? We, we also listened to Anna Ferris and Justin Long, and both of them have their own podcasts and she was a guest on their podcasts right so there's some of that i'll be on your show if you'll be on my show um kind right. of deal making but it works actually anna ferris is another pretty good podcast and she's got at least a couple hundred episodes maybe 300 episodes anna ferris has been at it a while wow. um, much longer than than many all right yep all right well this was a Good review. I look forward to the next one with you, Michael. Okay, that was our review of Mini Questions, Tony Blair with Mini Driver. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Michael Kerr and Eric Byron. Thanks for listening. We've got lots more reviews coming. Please subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like us to review your podcast, please let us know. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.